0: How's it, guys? And uh, welcome to another episode of the PH Journals podcast. Man, what a week. Uh, It's been really an incredible, incredible week. Uh, I'll get more into that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, so, guys, this week's Sunday topic we're going to discuss, and hopefully my idea behind this, and a big shout-out to Martinos, I think I'm saying it correctly, from Canada, Fortunately, I won't be able to tag him in this because I'm not sure about the legal implications there. But uh, we had a nice long discussion about certain things as far as trophy hunting is concerned, what's deemed a trophy, what's deemed management game and all that sort of stuff in in South Africa. And a lot of interesting topics came out of it. A lot of uh, interesting points were raised. So, yeah, basically what I want to do is just get out there and, you know, let's just have a conversation and just see... uh, the way going forward from this so um cool guys so uh before we get into it obviously without these people none of this would ever be possible so um firstly just got to give a big shout out to trees and camo i'll talk about it a little bit later about my my hunting uh, my first little bow episodes going around um I've had so much fun with these guys and Treason have really pulled up all the stops as far as hunting in South Africa is concerned. They really have delivered a quality camo and, uh, you know, hunting animals from a distance with the rifle and stuff. You try and not let your camos have too much influence on it, but um, when it comes down to bow hunting, they play a huge role in it. So Treason have really developed some amazing gear, and uh, I'm so proud to be a part of the team, um, yeah, just fantastic, on my darker hunt, and they performed outstandingly yesterday um, on my Impala hunt, but I'll get into that a little bit later, so a big shout out to Trees and Camo, secondly, Maxis tires, um, I've got the Maxxis razors, the MT uh, mining application on my Bucky, and uh, yes, I've just Clicked over now I'm on about 60,000 Ks on them uh, kilometers and they look almost brand new. They've been performing outstandingly in the bush. Uh, I'm really happy with them. Nice and quiet and comfortable on the road, but the minute you get out into the bush, they just do their job and fantastic, fantastic tire. Then, big shout out to Banana Skins. Um, like I said, they've been my second base layer now for some time i really enjoy them uh i used the banana skin ski pants yesterday and i mean i can walk with with those for hours and hours and hours upon end so uh, yeah big shout out to banana skins then um also another i haven't mentioned them in my previous podcast episodes but uh they're playing a huge role in uh myself and developing my my platforms and uh my social media experiences and stuff so a big shout out to tacticam um i'm probably one of the first that have got their product in the country and it's been it's been an incredible product and why more people don't have them is is a little bit obscure to me uh, especially in south africa um with the fts uh uh, application where you can mount it onto your rifle scopes um, the stabilizer for your bow they just cover all the bases and it's it's really fantastic to see and um, they're an outstanding product so uh, yeah big shout out to Taticam. Um I will be using them a lot more now in the in the future um, I've got my setup just right for bow and for rifle and now uh, you can find them on PH Toolbox. So as well, they, they'll they be on there. Then, um, yeah, so which brings me to my next point. PH Toolbox, ladies and gentlemen, we launched on Friday. The story behind PH Toolbox is uh, I got hold of a couple of my mates during the lockdown period and we were just so stumped with what we could do to keep... bills paid um, during a pandemic, during a period where no overseas guests could come. We couldn't even hunt local guys at that stage, and we were a little bit unsure of where our next paycheck was going to come. So we designed this website behind it um, with the intent that our fellow PHs can subscribe through the PH program, and while promoting some of the products we use in the bush and we sell online they can earn a little bit of extra income through the commission program, pH program. So um, that's what we did. It finally launched on Friday. We've been developing it for some time, trying to find the correct suppliers, Um, obviously guys that we believe in, products that we believe in, products that we've tried and tested ourselves in the bush Um, because obviously we don't want to create this platform and most of the stuff is not ideal so we we've tried and tested it we've put it through the task and it stands up and when it stands up we put it onto the onto the uh website so we've got a bunch of cool things out there we've got rings made from buffalo horn from tusks from um those are warthog tusks by the way fellow uh, deer antlers bones bones of giraffe we've got some cool handcrafted knives um, from uncle eric Boucher himself Um, And yeah, we're just going to keep developing. You can get some of my PH journals merchandise on there. And the more we develop, the more we go ahead with it, the better it's going to be. So uh, yeah, big shout out now to PH Toolbox. If you haven't yet, head along to the website's phtoolbox.co.za, and uh, you can search all the pretty cool things there. We are developing, this is early stages, so there's very minimal stuff on there, but as we grow, as we... Um, get more suppliers on board um, of products that we use we'll keep putting them on so um, yeah, big shout out to PH Toolbox then uh, yeah, last but not least, my family my my wife, my daughter, my brother my mom, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having the, the faith in me, the belief in me and uh, just supporting me through this long painful and uh, awesome experience in the same time so uh, I just want to say thank you so much for for supporting me on this it really means a lot to me and uh, none of this would ever be possible without you guys so I really really appreciate it so without further ado uh, this will be episode three of the Sunday discussions um and if you've tuned in on spotify welcome guys finally i've got spotify up and running i'm pretty stoked about that um it's an awesome platform i've just upgraded my subscription to them and yeah I, i'm so stoked to be a part of the spotify group so uh, yeah big shout out to you guys so without further ado guys episode three of sunday discussion we're gonna be talking about trophies Okay, cool. So finally, uh, a little bit of a topic that I I can relate quite a bit to, and it's one that I have seen over the past, been brought up and not quite known the correct way to answer. Um, Cool. So I'm going to break it down into two sections. Look, as far as I'm concerned, trophy hunting and hunting is probably the best Conservation tool we have at the moment. And um, the important part of it is obviously the overseas income. Cool. So, Ma- Martinos asked me what is deemed a trophy and what is not deemed a trophy. Now, the old saying um, within the markets and the, the industries trophies are the eye of the beholder. For me, that is a hundred percent true i've I've always believed in that, and uh, I think it's the best way to approach the situation because animals like humans have just got perfect or different characteristics, and your your idea of a good looking animal is completely different to mine so the story about the tape measure and the big animals and all that sort of stuff is for me, it takes away the gist of the actual um the beauty of the animal. And um it's not it's not ideal, um, but there is a place for it in the market, and we've created that. And uh so yeah, I mean to answer the question simply, what is deemed a trophy? Well if you go into pretty much all the websites. There is a cool app now uh, for the South Africans that if you go into and it will tell you what's Roland Ward, what's SEI Ward and you can pretty much judge it from there. If it's making the minimum requirements, that's going to be a trophy. But there are some very good animals out there with magnificent representations of the specific animal um, and they don't quite make the measuring tape. It doesn't mean to say that it's not a trophy if it's in my opinion if it's an old mature animal and it's a good representation on a kudu if it's got all the turns on an impala if it's flaring out on an nyala, if it's straight up and it's got the beautiful bell all those sort of small characteristics the more you hunt the more you get to understand them they all part of this trophy hunting idea And again, as far as a hunter and as far as a professional hunter is concerned, you're obligated, it's your duty to shoot, to hunt the most mature or the oldest in the group animal if you're doing it for conservation, if you're doing it to protect the species and if you're doing it for the right idea in mind. You want to harvest what is the oldest, what is gonna ultimately fill the freezer. And number two, yeah, that's it's a difficult one for me because I know there's a lot of guys out there that are and as I'm saying this I'm thinking it They're going to say, oh, no, but, you know, we've got to manage the herds and all that sort of stuff. That's 100% true, and there is a market, or there is a place in it for that. And I do it. Um, I do go out there on herd management, um, and it doesn't always, They aren't always the oldest, They aren't always uh, past their prime and all that sort of stuff. But as far as an overseas hunter coming into the country, and they're coming here for a trophy, you want to, you want to shoot. I don't like using the word harvest because it makes it sound like a like a meat factory type thing. I don't like it, sorry. But you want to shoot, you want to hunt a good representation. Um, an animal past its prime, an animal that's old, uh, that's done its job, that's got a good gene, you want to do all those sort of things. And that's where I think difference is on culling Trophy and herd management is. So yeah, guys. Basically, herd management quickly, just to touch on it, is ba- basically managing your herd so you got the best possible genetics out there. Now, this this doesn't always have to mean it's got the best long horns or whatever. It's just also means that it's got the best um, quality of survival. You do get a lot of animals that are out there in the bush that. Uh, that don't adapt quick enough to um, certain conditions. For instance, I'll spring back down in Fort Beaufort area where there's a lot of hot water. There's only a few that uh, can actually handle it. So you don't really want the rams that can't handle those conditions to be mating with your females that have adapted to it. So that's herd management. Culling is controlling the numbers. And then trophy hunting is, of course, harvesting not harvesting, shooting um, out the old mature good representation animal so that's my take on it Uh, that's where I'm going to label it there, I've been on a lot of safaris where the tape has ruined it Um, personally and this goes back from the older generations uh, one of my first hunts, I was kitted had a Nice little pack uh, Full of all the tools All the gadgets uh, Tape measures And verniers And all that sort of stuff I was going to hit the ground running And One of the older guys One of the older PHs That I really look up to And I've, I've taken a lot Still to this day He came to me And he said Yerima What are you going to do With all this stuff So You know I said oh, Well it's to measure the trophies Once the animals have been shot And You know To tag them correctly And this and that and this And he says You see that tape measure inside there? It's going to ruin your pH in days for a very long time. Take it and put it in the fire. And, uh, you know, (laughs) young, dumb and uh, arrogant at the time, I said, well, what what do I have to lose, you know? And I kept it in the, in, the... The list of animals I was after and I was shooting just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we needed a certain measurement here. We needed a certain measurement there. And I really didn't enjoy it because you have a magnificent hunt and then your client just gets tape measure happy. He just wants the biggest, spent all this money coming over here. Why does he need to settle for an average? And I think it took – that's where I learned it took away the experience of actually hunting an animal. It really did. Um, You know, all the hard work we put in, uh, all the stalks, I mean, climbing mountains, um, you know, our conversations under the tree, uh, drinking on our water while we wait, you know, the kilometers we walked, you know, it – put a dampener on all of that although there were beautiful moments that really put a dampener on it because you know we forgot about that and we were chasing off the measurements so when a nice mature springback ram came into our sights and came into our, um, our range we weren't pulling the trigger because now we, we, it wasn't quite big enough and although he was mature he had the shape um, well past his prime we just... We chased it all for the wrong reasons, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah. To answer the question on measuring trophies and stuff, guys, if you really want to have a memorable time out in South Africa and you really want to, uh, you really want to enjoy the experience, don't worry about the tape measure. Trust your pH, um, and this is where I say a lot of the time when guys come out to South Africa they always want the biggest buffalo you need to trust your pH and for us pHs it's also it's an achievement if you go out there and you get a good looking animal and you get a good sized animal and stuff it really is an achievement but over the time I also pick it up and a lot of the younger pHs they just want to go out there and shoot the biggest you know they want 44 forty-four inch buffalo and all that sort of stuff not, not the hard dug bull that's Broken his tip because of fighting and and countless battles and you know for me that's what it's about Mine's not about shooting the biggest it's it's about the storytelling it's about sharing moments sharing experiences and um, just treasuring the life that that animal has lived and now you get to tell the story you know after afterwards so yeah it's trophy hunting to me uh, and i i blame the younger generation it's it's gone past storytelling it's gone past experience it's just now about harvesting and uh shooting the biggest so we need to we need to change our perspective and it starts with us as phs we need to change the perspective of of actual trophy hunting and um and actually just understand that a lot of these guys are coming over to africa for for experience to share memories uh, t- to make lifelong memories and um yeah you know it's it's you're obligated to make sure that that happens and you're obligated to make sure that they share this magnificent country with us as lo- as well as our animals and understand the significance of trophy hunting and herd management and all that sort of stuff so yeah so guys just to Like I said, I wanted to break this up in two parts. That's a measuring side, and that's how you justify from my personal experience what a trophy is and uh, how it looks or how you want it to look. (laughs) But uh, so just some stats, just to back up my last two conversations on Sunday um, with regards to the giraffe and the land. In South Africa, since 2013, and I'm going to refer back to the figures of 2013, is because this was before the Trump era. A lot of stuff has happened uh, since Donald Trump has taken over, and for our industry, for the better. So I'm not going to give those figures. I'm going to give the 2013 figures, and uh, I just feel they they're not. I'm not going to say true reflection, but I just feel that they're the best suited figures for if you're trying to persuade anyone whether trophy hunting is good or bad because most of the economy in South Africa and America weren't at its peak. Um, We both had leaders that were, I mean, our leader was, our president was trying to steal our country dry and overseas, you know, they were trying to enforce gun laws and all that sort of stuff. So, 2013, 2012-2013 2013, 2012-2013 weren't the greatest years as far as hunting industry in South Africa was concerned. So I'm going to give you guys those figures. You can imagine now it's way better and um, of course Trump has had a really positive influence. Whether you like him or not, uh, I don't want to get into that debate, but whether you like him or not, he has really delivered from from an South African tourism Uh, as far as the hunting industry is concerned, delivered all the goods, and we've benefited tremendously from that. So in 2013, South Africa had over 20 million head of game. That is national and privately owned land. 60 million of that 20 million was private landowners. So, i.e. hunting concessions, mostly of. Um, There's over 2,000 recorded uh, Outfitters out there in South Africa At the moment Which is crazy to see (laughs) Because uh, That number is just mind-blowing At the moment Um, And through trophy hunting Only 0.02% Head of game Were taken off Per year So that's interesting So for instance, we only had, I think it was just over 7,000 hunters coming into the country, and 44,000 trophies were taken back. That's where the 0.02% of game has gone. That's just trophy hunting. So if your argument ever comes up and says, oh well what good is trophy, it's not doing any bad. I mean, we've got over 20 million head of game. And we're only taking forty-four thousand off for trophies, so put those two in perspective. It's really not a lot, and that hence the the culling and the game and the herd management come in, and you've got to take all those factors into consideration. So, um, yeah, guys, I I got my stats from a very good source. Um, I love their write-ups and I, w- I would encourage you guys to go ahead and have a look at their website it's wildlife ranching of south africa the WRSA. they've got some really cool write-ups there um i see they just released one as far as rhino uh rhino poaching and elephant conservation and all that sort of stuff so they've got some really cool articles there i love that website um and yeah so that's where all my stats come from you'll actually see them on there um, and I mean you know just hunt, just the hunting industry alone generates over a billion rand worth of income and to break that billion rand down um, let me just see here. so to break that billion rand down you like we mentioned earlier in the the previous sessions with with the land where you get private um, land as far as conservancies so beef beef farmers sheep farmers or whatever being part of the conservancy but still being able to hunt part of that 757 million rand goes towards them so that's way more than 50 percent of the actual income from overseas goes towards these landowners and that's that's a very big thank you to to the hunting industry, because then the rest go to the outfitters for their daily rates and all that. Um, so, yeah, guys, that in a nutshell, to close everything off, as far as trophy hunting is concerned, it's our hunting has has definitely proven over the years that it's the best form of conservation there is because if we don't have hunting, none of these numbers are ever going to be controlled and they're just going to get out of hand. And um, yeah it's been it's been a hell of a journey um, from where you know reading on some of the stats from the years from in the early 90s to where we are now. I mean just just our animals are growing at 30 percent. we're having 30 percent more animals per year. In this country And that's that's all thanks to hunting and conservation And um, and trophy hunting plays a huge role in that It's feeding families So like I said in the giraffe episode We need to be honest And we need to tell truth and fact That not all meat goes to the community But I can almost guarantee you That 100% of most of the communities Around hunting lodges and stuff benefit off of hunting whether it be a financial support meat support um, and that's a fantastic thing so you take away hunting you're taking away all of that and you know when you sit with a situation like Kenya for example and you're relying just off photography and um, all of that and you take away the hunting industry You can't double up on your numbers. You can't employ more people because you don't need more people to be employed because you're just taking photos. So the skinners, the trackers, all of that sort of stuff falls away and there's no need for you to want to keep growing your herds, looking after your animals. Um, I had a figure here just... From the late 2000s, so we're talking about 2009, 2010, there were only 9,000 sable recorded in South Africa. Now, sable, obviously, were brought down from north into South Africa. And obviously, with the growing demand, more and more sable have been bred, uh, top-quality sable have been bred, and more and more game farmers are housing sable. So um, and now we're sitting on just over a hundred thousand head of sable. It's probably more than that now, but uh back back then that's how that's how world and numbers have grown, so guys, you know, <clears throat> and we're all doing this because of a demand demand for hunting, and uh yeah, i mean that's that's what it boils down to, and I'm super proud of it that i will be able to put my daughter in a vehicle and drive 20 minutes and go and be able to see a bull, to see a couple of rhino, to see a roan antelope, to see all these wonderful things thanks to hunting. Because if the demand for these these animals aren't there, there's no need for these farmers to keep them. And when they're not keeping them, the numbers are just going to dwindle. So I don't wanna I don't wanna stretch on that too much. That's just my take on it as far as trophies are concerned, and um I definitely think there's a place for trophy hunting, and it's not what people perceive and uh whether I think it's been done right or not, it's a different discussion. but as a professional hunter, as an ethical hunter we are obligated in South Africa to do things the correct way because it's morally correct and I think it benefits everybody at the end of the day. So we need to get out of our heads. As the youngster's coming through, you don't always have to shoot the biggest animal. The one who can tell the best story around the campfire wins. And that's, it's, it's actually not a competition, but for me, that's how I see it. Somebody that can tell a story over and over and over again with the same amount of excitement that he had when he experienced it himself. You know you're doing your job right. And for me, it's creating experience. It's creating memories on animals and wildlife that I love so much. And uh, for me to be able to share that with friends, families that come out and pay money to do that with me... um. It's something very, very special, and it's awesome to be a part of. Yeah, so guys, that brings the end of our Sunday discussion on trophies. I just want to tell you guys a little quick story, two stories actually. Now, after yesterday, uh, so I've been I've been bow hunting for quite a while now, and I've never really shot an animal. I've never had the opportunity to, although they have come. I've never really had enough confidence in myself to hunt. So um, the two weeks ago, I went out with my very good friend, and we've spent a lot of uh, hunts together, and we've shared a lot of great memories, from playing rugby to uh, shooting blue wildebeest to now sharing first uh, first animals. I mean, the season's been incredible with myself and Pouch. Um, he harvested his, or he shot his first waterback, I got my first pointer book, I got my first kill with a bow and now I've got my first two species with a bow. So the first one was, was pretty cool. Uh, we went out and we sat in a blind and uh, this beautiful darker came in. You could see his condition was deteriorating. Um, old. Secondary growth, beautiful darker. I sussed him out, I thought maybe it would get just tip off at about five inches. Um, I said to Bouch, look, I've never shot one. As a first animal with a bow, he's a small target. Um, I've heard they string jump a bit or they duck under a string uh, quite a lot. Um, It's one of the most difficult animals to shoot with a bow. I said, look, I'm confident, but I'm not that confident yet. So let's just wait it out and maybe something bigger comes in, like a springback blessed buck or something like that. And he came in and he just sat around and you know, you, you, your opportunity is there for your first shot and uh I took it, I drew back and I had him in the sights and I don't know why, but I think maybe just the anxiety got the best of me. I used my bottom pin, the highest pin on you for the for the longest shot and uh I just daffed it completely and uh I thought I hit him far back, uh but when we Fortunately I had the camera there and when we re-looked at the footage I oh, missed him completely. Shot about four feet over him. So, not the proudest moment, especially as a Ph. That's that's not the best situation you want to be in missing your first target, you know. But uh so we sat again and it was cold. It was so cold. We had snow on the ground the, uh the night before. Man, the chill just got in anyway. Thanks to treason for for the soft-shell jacket, I mean, it really held off the cold pretty well. And uh, But, I mean, everywhere, your ears, your neck, your, you were just getting so chilly. So it was about, we said, now we'll sit in here for another 45 minutes and see. And I was just about to get out and go and stretch my legs a bit. And when Bachi uh, tapped me on the shoulder and he said, look, that dark is back. And you can see him from a different angle. <clears throat> The horn, the secondary growth, he's got a lot of chipping and chunking out of it, which means he's been in a lot of fart. Um I, I sussed him out. I probably thought maybe he would make it to the end of the season, but definitely not next next season. So uh, it was a great animal to take. Anyway, it came into exactly the same spot, uh, exactly the same distance, but this time I put put it on my top, um, my top dot, and uh, yeah, flung the arrow and uh fortunately i didn't anticipate the string jump at the time but uh fortunately it was a little bit low so as he ducked into it it clipped the vitals and it smacked him right in the shoulder so i was pretty pumped and man what a beautiful animal uh a really really beautiful animal he was probably about nine years old um really deteriorating body condition i mean he weighed almost nothing uh He really was struggling and, uh, yeah, definitely one of the top, 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 top trophies (laughs) that uh, I would have loved to take as far as a dark is concerned. So, uh, yeah, so stoked, uh, so stoked about that. And then uh, yesterday, uh, I sat in the blind for about three hours, uh, watched a couple of movies um, and nothing came in, just absolutely nothing. It was chilly yesterday, it was about... 12 degrees about 40 Fahrenheit it it really was chilly and uh, I decided well I'm going to go for a walk so I grabbed my bow unfortunately I had to leave the camera equipment behind because I was all by myself on this hunt and uh, yeah I must have walked about 3 or 4 miles managed to get to a nice shaded spot Uh, I backed down into a tree just to get out of the chill a bit Felt like I was getting a bit of wind burn on my face. And uh, in the distance, I could see a bit of movement. And it was getting closer and closer and closer. And for some strange reason, the Impala seemed like they, they're in rut a little bit later this year. And uh, I heard a bit of barking and I knew straight away, that's Impala. And uh, I just sat so quietly. And as the females came closer, I didn't see a male. Uh, I was going to take a female and... They came within to about 20 yards of me and the first female passed and I said, no, well, she she seems very pregnant, heavily pregnant. The next one came, she also seemed very, very pregnant and then the third one came and I was like, well, you know, she doesn't seem old. Maybe she's just young. She's not ready to take yet. No, uh, I'm not in desperate need of of meat that much and then next thing, out of nowhere... Almost like that misty movie that you see where out of the mist comes this strapping ram. And he came obviously sniffing the beyond of this younger female and uh, he stepped into sight and I drew. And obviously with a bit of my movement, he caught his eye and he turned back and he looked at me and I just held still because I wasn't in place yet. And then as he turned his head, I lifted my bow, got into the draw, went to position and uh, that obviously caught his eye again turned and looked at me and I released the arrow perfect shot straight through the, the shoulder he ran about 30 yards funny thing is it was a great shot lots of blood um, but my tracking skills were a bit rusty <laughs> Uh i got to about 10 10 yards of the carcass and i lost the blood trail and i couldn't find this thing anywhere i mean the grass is nice and long uh there's lots of trees and i was uh, starting to get a bit dark now i'm starting to get worried you know that i'm not going to find him and uh, yeah so i realized at that stage my my tracking skills were a bit rusty um, because either i've been lucky i haven't had to track a lot or i need a bit of work but uh yeah, eventually, I find him. Man, what a beautiful animal. Oh, magnificent. And, you know, that's that's the cool thing about bow hunting. Like I said, I've practiced. I mean, a good friend of mine, old Dave, he left the bow behind for, for my tracker and uh, my tracker ran into some financial difficulties and we we're actually shooting bow together. And he said, look, I want you to have this because I've helped him out quite a bit financially as far as food and stuff's concerned. So I took it and I used the opportunity to keep practicing and just hoping one day and now the opportunities have come a lot. So I've been very fortunate. And a big shout-out to Antis Hill and Graham Pullman for for these two amazing amazing experiences. And I feel so blessed and, and I'm so privileged to have... Have shared these experiences um, with a good friend of mine, and unfortunately, yesterday it was all by myself. But something I'll I'll keep in memory bank for a very very long time. And uh, yeah, so yeah, just bow hunting has changed my perspective of of animal understanding, animal behaviour completely. You know, you're getting up close with these animals, and uh, you're progressing as a hunter, and it's good, it's great, it's great to experience both sides of the spectrum rifle and bow hunting and uh, yeah man it's the start of of a beautiful journey and I can't wait to share it with you guys well guys that brings an end to my Sunday discussion Uh, I hope this was helpful Um, if I have left out any key things please hit me up in the messages Um, I did leave a couple out last week and I promised I would say them this episode, but I've run out of time now, so I will bring them up again. Um but yeah, just again, guys, as hunters we are obligated and we it's our duty to make sure we do things ethically and morally correct. So just keep that in mind when you're out there, especially for the youngsters of today. Don't do things beyond the book. It's not worth it in the long run. Um and uh just stay just stay grounded. Um, the opportunities always come up and uh, yeah don't be tempted into anything that that doesn't seem right let me put it that way so uh, guys for myself at PH Journals uh, thank you all for sharing a wonderful moment with me over the past couple of weeks and especially on Friday when I launched my very own website e-commerce business Um, we are shipping worldwide I forgot to mention that earlier so don't be scared. If you want to go on there, hit me up. Uh, if you're not sure how things work, I'll be on many, many platforms, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever the case may be. So, um, yeah, big shout out to everyone that's supported me thus far. Thank you so much. I mean, I love getting the comments. I love getting the messages. And I, I do try and respond to them as best as possible. So uh, thanks again for for a wonderful, wonderful journey together. Cool, guys. Well, until next time, this is it from our Sunday discussion. Uh, have a blessed Sunday. I hope everyone's staying safe. And um, yeah, we'll keep up with you guys soon. Have a good one. Cheers, guys.